Welcome to Equippers Church Dunedin. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Will Levy. For more information, check out equipperschurch.com. Thank you, sir. Thank you, worship team. All right. Are we good? We good? Oh, great praise and worship. Nothing like worshiping the Lord, praising the Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your love and your grace and your goodness towards us. We thank you, Lord, that we celebrate this Palm Sunday, Lord, where Jesus came into, Lord, Jerusalem. And we thank you, Lord, for the, the, the road that was in front of him and, and his desire, Lord, to serve us, to take away, to die on a cross, to take away our sin. And Lord, we just, we thank you that for you so loved the world that you gave your only son so that whoever would believe in you would not perish but have eternal life with you. Father, we thank you that you did not come into world to, into this world to judge the world but to love the world. And Lord, this morning as we worship you, would you continue to build your throne in our heart. We thank you, Lord, for all that you've done in our lives, all that you're going to do. But Lord, as we open up our heart to you this morning, as we open up the Word of God, may it come and speak to us by the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord. We thank you again for what you're doing in and through us. And we love you, Jesus, and we give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Awesome. Well, I want to we wanna start a new series um, today. And uh, this, this series is something that's been sort of stirred in my heart for probably around about six months now. It's just coming in at the, end of the, in, at the end of last year, you sort of go, God, what are you wanting to talk about? What are you, what are you wanting to take the church through? We're, what are you wanting to say to your people? You know, it's like when I honestly don't try and come up with clever series, series that word, um, just for this. Like we really want to help point people to, to the Lord and to what He's saying. And um, I was just reading through. There's the story in John chapter four, and in John chapter four, it's the story of the the woman at the well, or the the story of the Samaritan woman at the well. And this is early, this is obviously John's account. So John, the book of John was written later than Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And this is John's account of, of it. And, and there's this whole context of, of the Messiah, of Jesus, meeting this woman at some, in Samaria at this well. And so I want to give you just a little bit of context because I don't want to read through the whole thing. Essentially, Jesus wanted to get to another place, but they had to go through Samaria. Now, and in the time there, there was a lot of conflict, dis, dis, a disregard, dislike between Jews and Samaritans. There was a whole lot of um, cultural stuff. There was just a whole lot of stuff. And so it wasn't right, or it was uh, even the disciples prior to this had this conversation. It was, oh, we should go round rather than go through. And uh, so Jesus is, is, says, no, we need to go through Samaria, and, they, and what happens is they come to this well place, and so Jesus sends off the disciples to go into the city to go and get some food, and um, he's left there at this well around noontime, and there is a woman there getting drawing water from this well, 
and uh, contextually, there's a whole lot of stuff, and, and we'll, we'll probably unpack different parts of this throughout the next couple of weeks. But um, is, is that um, Jesus, firstly, he wanted to go through Samaria, and he wanted to get there. And why did he want to get there is because he wanted actually to meet this woman, and he wanted to get into her world. Now, the context is that she was coming out drawing water at noontime. Normally, most people would come and draw water in the early hours of the day or the later hours of the day because of the heat and the sun. So for, there, was all, there was a reason why this woman was coming out at the hottest time, and she was alone and she was by herself because of some of the context of her life. She was a woman who had had five husbands. And uh, that created a level of shame and in uh, the community and all that. So there was a whole lot of stuff that this woman was going through and she was feeling isolated and alone and her, she needed to go out and where, where she wasn't going to get shamed. And she came to this well where she thought she would be alone. She thought she, it would be private. She thought it was going to be a time where she should she should be able to just sneak out get what she needs, and sneak back into town. But who knows that Jesus has always got another, another uh, uh, he's got a different way for us. You know, sometimes we want to sneak out to things and sneak back into things. But, you know, in our lives, I want to tell you this morning, Jesus is ready to meet you. It doesn't matter the history of your life. It doesn't matter if you feel like you're carrying shame. It doesn't matter if you feel like you're ostracized or you're, you're, you're far, as far away from, from what love and grace you might feel. Jesus still wants to come and meet you. And he loves you. It goes on. This is the, the whole reason. And as I said, it's early on in the Gospel of John. But the whole point, and we'll, we'll share this throughout this coming um, few few more weeks, is the whole point where Jesus wanted to meet with this woman, but it was actually one of the very first times that he shared with a, 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 a member of the public that he was the Messiah. It was very, very early on. Not many other people had known this. The disciples have obviously got an idea, and, and there's been this learning, and there's been this uh, teaching, and there's been this gathering, but this was the very first time that he said to a person in public, uh, well, it was by themselves, so it was still a secret, um, that he was the Messiah. And so it, if you're in the book of John, we're not going to read all of John chapter 4. But they have this conversation and they talk about a whole lot of different things. But in verse uh, 19... Because Jesus has just shared with her about some of her lifestyle and some of, the, some of the stuff that's going on. And she says, Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me, why is it that you Jews insist Jerusalem is the only place of worship while we Samaritans claim it's here on this mountain where our ancestors worshipped? Jesus replied, Believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the, the one you worship, while we Jews know a lot about him. For salvation comes through the Jews. Verse 23. But the time is coming, indeed it is here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in the Spirit and in 
truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The series that oh, we want to start to unpack is, is, is really, I've just called it very simply, worshiping him in spirit and in truth. Aren't we looking for the truth these days? There's a whole lot of stuff going out there, and people are like, we, wanna, we, we want the truth. Who's, who's seen the old, old movie? Is it uh, A Few Good Men? Who's seen that movie? We, where Tom Cruise is there against Jack Nicholas. He's like, did you order the code red? Who's, put your hand up, otherwise I'm going to preach on this anymore. I'm going to move on to the next example, because no one knows what I'm talking about. But there's this moment where he's like, you can't handle the truth. Yeah. Uh, but here's the thing is, we can handle the truth. Yeah. When we know it's about God, when we know it's about Jesus. And, but the, the whole concept of this, this series is to, is to learn how to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. Because he says here, the Lord is looking for true worshipers. And I think... If we can get a hold of this understanding, if we can get a hold of this, um, the concept of worshiping the Lord in spirit and in truth, uh, it's just another way where the Lord will continue to stir our heart, build confidence, build faith, and build hope and build life into our lives to continue facing each and every day as it comes to us. And who wants to reach each day like that in a good way? I hope we do. And so the first thing that I want to really talk about this morning is to worship. What it is to worship, and, and I'm just to, seriously dropping a bucket this morning. There's so many ways to worship, so many hard attitudes, so much to open your um, spirit up to the Lord. But I, I, I want to just talk about this this morning and talk about three ways of worship, three ways to uh, there's many different ways, as I said, but just three ways to worship. But first, what is worship? What is it actually to worship something? Because to understand what worship is, you've got to have a little bit of an idea. Are we? And so, I, as you do, you look up worship in the dictionary. Anyone else? Is, yeah. And it says here, there's a reverent honor. And a homage paid to God or a sacred personage or to any object regarded as sacred, um, formal or ceremonious rendering of such honor and homage is to worship. Um, there's, there's the Greek word proskineo, and um, it's really here is to kiss the hand towards one, uh, a token of reverence. Um, what else? It talks about. Uh, light, getting on our knees and worship or touching the ground, laying down on the ground. Um, in the New Testament, it talks about um, even taking vows or fasting, uh, whether in order to express respect or to make supplication. Uh, again, it goes on to, it's a definition here in, the, in that proskuneo word is to worship, even give honor to the high priests. But then it goes on to say to the Lord, to God, to Christ, to heavenly beings, to worship is to is to is to submit to and to honor and to lift up. I want to encourage us today is as as we go through the series is 
How are we learning and how we continue to open up our heart to worship the Lord? Because there's many things that want to take the worship away from the Lord. Even, even when Jesus was led into the, into the desert by the Holy Spirit and he was tempted by, by the devil himself, one of the things the devil actually said, if you worship me, I will give you all these things. And so, so there's, there's, this, there's, there's this attitude of heart is how do, what do we want to worship? What do we want to honor? What's, what's going to be placed first in my life and in our lives and your lives this morning? What do you worship? You know, I, can, I, I don't have it on me right now, sitting in my bag. It's a little bit smaller than this. You all have one. Anyone taking notes on them right now? Because how much time do you spend on your phone or your device right now? Is, I'm just throwing it out there. Is that a level of worship? Ooh. How much time are you watching those reels? How much time are you watching the YouTube shorts or TikTok what's the what's is or uh, um, don't shoot the messenger. Uh, you can figure out how much what you worship by sometimes how much time you're on something. You, you, I, just, a, just an idea. Just an idea. And so Jesus is here. He's having the conversation with this woman. And he's saying, what we're, not, what we're looking for is we're not looking for where we worship. We're looking for how we worship. The Lord is not looking for this mountain or on this place. It's not about where we worship. It's how we worship. We can, uh, other, other foundational, I guess, concepts is to know that we are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. So it's about how we worship because we are all a, a temple of the Holy Spirit and so the first thing is, is worship will take you on a journey. It's a great Christian word. We use it a lot. And it is a real good word to describe the, 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 the stages or the journey of what God always wants to take us on. You know, He never wants to slam you down. He never wants to hold you back. He actually wants to work with you and walk with you. That's the message translation of Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. He likes to walk and he likes to go on a journey. But the, thing, the first thing I want to share with us this morning is, will, will you worship the Lord in a journey? Will you go on a journey to worship God? Hey, you know, we could use the a Pentecostal illustration this morning, you know. Uh, and, and this is just a little bit of a joke. It's not really an, uh, an essential point. But, uh, you know, you can come into church and there's, there's oh, sheesh, this is a loud church and they're clapping. Uh, you know, Jason's still on this journey of getting in time, but it's okay. <laughs> oh, we're friends. We're friends. He can pay me out anytime he wants as well. But uh, like there's this, oh, okay, okay, I'm clapping. And, and then sometimes we might get on a little bit further and we close our eyes and clap. Jason, you keep your eyes open, all right? <laughs> or sometimes we might close our eyes and worship. and Or sometimes we might be a a hand raiser, and like we're nervous, and so like we start off with, <laughs> you know, and, and then, then there, like this really does determine whether you're a true worshiper of God, is the level from this height to this height. <laughs> no, I'm joking, I'm joking. 
No, true worship is about going on a journey with God. If your expression is lifting your hands up high, if it's lifting them down low, if it's opening or closing your eyes, if it's clapping in or out of time, if it's singing in tune or out of tune, none of that matters. It does sing, bring a sacrifice of praise. But what is that sacrifice to you and that sacrifice to me is, to, is totally different. But what God wants us to do is what the Lord wants to teach us is to go on a journey with Him. How do we go on a journey with Him? Well, is there a seeking? Is there, a, is there a searching out the Lord? Is He the person that we're looking for? Or, or are we scrolling through stuff just to try and get laughs at certain fails of the month or something like that? In, in, in Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 2, it says, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the region of reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from the eastern land arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is this newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. Do you know it was over an 800-mile journey? 800-mile journey. Now, I think that's almost the length of the South Island. Anyone, someone, yeah, doesn't matter. It's a long way. You know, camels or donkeys in tow, whatever. It's, it's, it's a long way. It's a journey. It's, a, it's actually, how many times we're like, God, I need you now. Right? God, I need, you need to answer now. It's the, it's the, it's the drive-through worship. We go through the drive-through. I want my food now. <laughs> Feedback. Oh, hey, hurry up! Uh, but but no, that's not. Jesus says, "I want to walk with you and work with you." You know, for, it was. It took a long time for the these wise men or uh, to to reach Jerusalem, over eight hundred miles. Jesus was around about two years old by the time they got there. It was actually a small, Bethlehem was a small community of people, apparently around about 1,500 people. They reckon there was probably around about 20 young babies around the age of two. And they journeyed to come and find Jesus because they, they had, had this, this heart to find the Lord to worship Him. You know, Jeremiah 29, 11, most people know this. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Verse 12, though. In those days when you pray, I will listen to you. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. Kind in our worship to God, it's to continually look to Him. It's to continue to go after Jesus. We might not have the answer we need right now, but true worship is to keep trusting in God and keep going after God until we find Him. There's other examples in the Bible. The woman with the issue of blood for 12 years. She kept worshiping. She kept worshiping. She had to push through the crowd. And she got to the feet of Jesus. See, one thing about worship, worship is the... Only thing that we can give to God that He hasn't given first given to us. It's our choice who we worship. It's our choice who we're going after. 
It's our choice what brings comfort into our world. He wants to bring comfort into our world. See, God is not someone we use. It's someone who we worship. God's not someone we use. He answers prayer. He loves you. He brings grace and hope and everything into our lives because of our worship to him. In, 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 in um, Matthew chapter 7, 7 through 8, it says, Keep on asking, you will, you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will open to you. For everyone who seeks, or sorry, everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Come on, this is, this is the part of the Sermon on the Mount. One of the most famous teachings of Jesus early on in his ministry. And he's put this in it. This is a way to live our lives seeking after him. Why? I've always wondered why. Why does God, why can't just God answer prayer now? Why? Because he loves the relationship. He loves the trust that we can put in him. He loves the the, the, he wants to walk with us and work with us every day of our lives. See, transformation happens not just when you give God your pain, but when you give Him your treasure, your time, and your talent as well. See, oh, let's, let's keep a heart of worship where it's about honoring God in all areas of our lives. He's not just a prayer answer, Lord. He's, we need to go on a journey. Continue going on your journey Continue walking your walk with the Lord because He loves it. He loves that relationship with you and me. And um, in Genesis chapter 22, and this is about Abraham and Sarah and, and, and Isaac, and, and the, the context here is that Abraham and Sarah were unable to have children, and God came to Abraham and Sarah and said, Hey, you know, in a year's time, you're going to have a, have a child. And then, and then so that's, this all happens. And then there's this moment where the Lord actually comes to Abraham again and says, I want you to take your son and I want you to go and sacrifice him to me. Who knows that sometimes we don't understand God's plan. But here it says in this, on the third day's journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Stay here with the donkey, Abraham told the servants, the boy and I will travel a little further we will worship there, and then we will come right back. You know, Abraham's attitude in that moment was even through the challenge of, Lord, why are you asking me to sacrifice my son to you? Why is there a whole lot of challenge going on in my world right now? And he still said to the servants, no, you guys stay there. And there's, I'm sure there must have been a grapple going on in his heart. Sure, there must have been going, I don't understand God. This, was, this is what you promised. There must have been a whole lot of confusion, a whole lot of something going on. But Abraham said, no, stay here. We're still just going to go over here and worship. Now, I want to encourage you in your journey in, in life. And there's going to be times where it's not all going right. <laughs> right? I guess it's not a moment to amen, right? <laughs> It's like, yeah, preach. There's going to be times where the fan gets covered in stuff. There's going to be times where 
situations aren't going the way that we thought they were promised that God had said to us. Abraham probably had a right there to have a bit of a tantrum and a sulk like no one else. Abraham had these, he's like, I don't understand. You know what? You're allowed to say I don't understand. Because that's about the beauty of relationship that the Lord wants to have with you and with me. That's a way of worship. It's a way of worship to say to the Lord, I don't understand, but I'm still going to worship you. I'm still going to lift you higher than this situation. I'm still going to glorify you. If you seek, you will find. If you knock, the door will be opened, the Bible says. So let's go on a journey. Worship will take you on a journey. And then the second thing this morning is worship is a choice. It's your choice. It's my choice. We get to choose who, who, who we worship. Jesus makes it known to, to her that he is the Messiah, and, but it becomes her choice. It, he never imposes himself on her or anyone, but it's a choice. You know, we, we have a choice whether we want to receive Jesus as our, as our Lord and as our Savior. We, we have a choice. In Matthew chapter 16, Jesus has even given his disciples a choice. And when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you? He asked. Who do you say that I am? What a great question this morning. See, it's not just a question to the disciples, it's a question to every single human being. Who do you say that I am? This is Jesus. Simon Peter answers, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. What an amazing statement. What an amazing insight that, that Jesus is revealing, is, is, is encouraging in saying, Yes, Simon. Yes, Peter. This is... This is truth by revelation. You know, when, it, when it's about a choice of who we worship, I pray that every single one of us have had a revelation, an understanding, so one of those moments where you just know that, Lord, you are my God, that Jesus, you are the Savior of the world. For me, many of you know this when I was 14. I'd gone to our rancho, a little camp north of uh, Wellington there and Waikanae. Many years I'd go there as a kid and really just enjoyed the slug guns and the horse riding and the go-karts. It was awesome. But I remember as a 14-year-old, I, I was almost down to like the second to last camp that I was eligible to go to as a kid. And I remember a person talking and preaching and there was just that scripture, John 14:6, where it says, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I reckon I don't need any more of the Bible. I do need more of the Bible. But in that moment, something came alive in my heart. Where it just says, He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Him. Now, it's, it's a revelation. It's, a, it's, it's something where we make a choice. Jesus never will impose Himself on you. 
He will never, he'll always give you a choice. At the end of the service, we always pray with the people who want to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. We give you a choice. We, he, 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 wants, he loves you. He died for you. And I pray that there's a choice in your heart this morning to accept him as your Lord and as your Savior. Because it was revealed to the disciples. Come on, who do you say that Jesus is? Because it's a choice to make him Lord of Lords and King of Kings. It's a choice to worship him this morning. In Joshua chapter 24, many of you may know this as well, at the end of Joshua's life after he's traveled with Moses and through, through the wilderness and getting to a point where they've crossed over and, 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 and there's, there's, this, there's this decision that he throws out to all the people there. He says this, So fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. Put away forever the idols your ancestors worshipped when they lived beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. Serve the Lord alone. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today who you will serve. Would you prefer the God of your ancestors serve beyond the Euphrates, or would you be the would would it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. See, there's a choice. There's a choice. Uh, there's a choice. That, that we get to make of who we're going to serve. We're going to serve all these other um, unfulfilling, uh, non-powerful, made-up idol worship. Or are we going to fulfill and worship the Lord of the Lords and the King of Kings, the one who's alive today. He's the beginning and the end. He, in, in a week's time, we celebrate the death and the resurrection of Jesus on the cross. We have a choice. You have a choice. And that choice is about worshiping and putting Him above our lives. We have a choice. We have a choice. Worship team, if you guys can join me, that'd be awesome. This is the last, um, last point this morning as we, as we go on. See, worship, worship is a choice. Worship will take you on a journey. I'm just zooming in because I really do need to get glasses. I'm being stubborn. The last point that I want to share with us this morning is, is, is worship is intimate. Worship is intimate. I pray that when you come into church or on a Sunday at least, I pray that the praise and the worship is still an intimate expression for you. I pray that you worship the Lord in, in your own time and, and when you're out at home or wherever you've, you've got headphones in. And, but worship is intimate. Worship is so intimate and it's about lifting our heart to align our heart and our spirit with Jesus. It's about knowing His love and His grace over our lives. Whenever, whenever the devil will try and sneak in and say you're not good enough or you're not this or there's shame or condemnation, it's not true. It's so not true. See, you go to one of the, one of the guys and, who wrote an, a chunk of the Bible in the Old Testament and 
here's a worshiper, and the worship was intimate. And there's a psalm here which I actually just want to read because it preaches way better than what I'd say. <laughs> oh Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts, even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I am going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to the heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride on the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the furthest ocean, even there your hand will guide me. And your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. But even in the darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body. And you knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born, every day of my life recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, oh God? They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of the sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. Oh God, if only you would destroy the wicked, get out of my life, you murderers. They blaspheme you. Your enemies misuse your name. Oh Lord, shouldn't I hate those who hate you? Shouldn't I despise those who oppose you yes I hate them with total hatred for your enemies are my enemies search me O God and know my heart test me and know my anxious thoughts point out in anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life you know that's Psalm 139 worship is intimate You don't have to be a poet. You just have to open your heart. You just have to know that we can carry the same spirit of worship to the Lord. Now, I was mulling over whether I read out some of those last scriptures around, you know, your enemies, Lord, and I hate them and all that. And I was like, like, come on, God, we want to make this a nice moment. But it'd be untrue to try and create a fairy tale of life. 
We can be so intimate with God and walk through the valley of the shadow of death and fear no evil, even though there's still stuff going on. Even though there might be enemies around, there might be things that are pulling you away from God, there might be trials, there might be testing, but we can still be so intimate with, with the Lord and worship. I've got another one for you. And this is the one that's the, the shame breaker or the condemnation breaker because that's the other that's the other thing that I feel holds people back from worshiping God is the shame and condemnation. When there's, when there's sin in our lives, and we're unable to break through it or unable to walk through it, or it's still got a hold on our life. This psalm is Psalm 51, and it's got a title here, and it says, says this, it's a psalm of David regarding the time that Nathan the prophet came to him and uh, after David had committed adultery with Bathsheba and, and it goes on now into the psalm. I was like, man, that's, that's a short title. Because if you actually understood and knew the whole story, there's a whole lot more in it. But if we were honest, there's a whole lot more in all of our lives. But I love David's writing of the psalm again. And, and what is it? It's, a, it's an intimate psalm of worship. It's a it's a tr knowing God's love, it says this, Have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love, because of your great compassion. Blot out the stain of my sins. Wash me clean from my guilt. From my guilt. Purify me from my sin, for I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. Against you and you alone I have sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. You, have, you will be proved right in what you say and your judgment against me is just for I was born a sinner yes from the moment my mother conceived me but you desire honesty from the room teach me wisdom every, even there teaching me wisdom even there purify me from my sins and I will be clean wash me and I will be whiter than the snow oh give me back my joy again you have broken me now. Now let me rejoice. Don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence and take away, take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. Then I will teach your ways to the rebels and they will return to you. Forgive me for shedding blood, O God, who saves. Then I will joyfully sing of your forgiveness. Unseal my lips, O Lord, that my mouth may praise you. You do not desire a sacrifice, I would offer you one. You do not want a burnt offering. The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a, bro a broken and repentant heart, O God. Worship is intimate. Worship is forgiving. Worship is love. Worship is grace. You might be sitting here this morning and you might have felt like you wrote that psalm. You might, be, you might feel unworthy. You might feel like you've done a whole lot of things that have taken you away from the Lord. 
or are separating you from God. But no, here's the love of God is, is forgiving. The love of God is graceful. The love of God is intimate. He just wants to go on a journey with you. Would you open your heart to Him this morning? Maybe, you've, maybe all of us or maybe a lot of us have been going, have, have received Jesus as our Lord and Savior. But here's the thing is we, we always trip up. But there's forgiveness. There's love. There's grace. You know, if you're feeling like your mouth has been shut, come on this morning, there's forgiveness to open your mouth again, to worship Jesus again. There's no condemnation here. He loves you. He's for you. Come on, worship this morning is about being intimate with the Lord. Worship is a choice. And worship is, will, will take you on a journey. You know, this morning, there's only one way to finish. And that's to worship. I wonder if we could all stand and in a second, we're going to worship the Lord. But before we worship the Lord, if you're in a place where you feel like your mouth's shut because of shame, maybe you've never given your heart to Jesus. Well, He loves you. Psalm 139, it says He knows the innermost delicate parts of you. He came and He gave His life for you and for me. But it talks about us just opening our heart to worship Jesus. It's because that's what the Lord's looking for. The time is coming when true worshipers will worship me in spirit and in truth. It's not about what mountain we worship on. It's about how we open up our heart and worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Laws, the one who came to take all of our sin and to give us life and life eternal. Before we worship Him as we finish this morning, if you're here and you've never opened your heart to Jesus, this is that moment, this is that decision. If we could all just bow our heads, close our eyes, just to give everyone a little bit of privacy in this room. But you know what? Who really cares if someone's got their eyes open? Because this is about the journey that God's going on between you and Him. He sent His Son. But would you choose? Would you choose this morning to worship Him? Would you choose to give your life to Jesus? Would you choose to honor Him? Lift Him high? Is that a choice that you want to make? Maybe you've been a Christian for many years, but you feel like your lips are closed, your heart's closed, and it's just... Stuff's been going on. Sort of feel like a bit like Abraham. There were promises. There's a whole lot of stuff going on. But now, Lord, you like want me to go and end this promise? Now, maybe you could make a choice to go, no, I'm going to choose to worship you. Maybe you could come and make a declaration to Jesus this morning. Thank you for listening to this message recorded live at Equipus Church Dunedin. We pray that it blessed you. For more information, please check out equipuschurch.com.